Hello and welcome to The Coolest Kids. I am one of your hosts, Terrence Wiggins. I am one of your hosts, Brock Wilbur. And this week, <laughs> of all weeks, we will be discussing... Angels American and Airwaves. <laughs> we'll be discussing Angels and Airwaves. Specifically the song, It Hurts. Do you remember, have you ever heard that song? I have heard the song. Do you it's remember when they were announced uh, and and the, uh, he was describing to the world what the band was like? He's like, it's like my Pink Floyd. Uh, it's these big epic songs and, and it's all like prog rock and stuff. And then it came out and I was like, I, you could not play for me an Angels and Airways song and a boxcar racer song and have me tell the difference between the two. <laughs> like it's everything sounds uh, exactly the same. <laughs> the worst part about Angels and Airways is Tom DeLonge because like the music isn't bad. Like I don't think the music's bad. It's like his voice and the lyrics are awful. Like his his I can't live, I can't breathe unless you do this with me. That was annoyingly good. <laughs> that was that was that's the thing is that everyone that actually listened to Blink One Eighty Two has a perfect Blink One Eighty Two impression because <laughs> you only have to do one thing with your voice and once you lock that in, you just have it for life. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Uh, because like Mark Mark Hobbs's voice is like deep, so like his the, he he had like a normal person singing voice, and then Tom DeLonge was just like, "Hey, what if like an old dog learned how to sing?" What if, <laughs> But, like a little chihuahua. But it's not like, a, it doesn't come out like an old blues musician like you would expect. Right. It's, yeah. It's like, it doesn't sound like a, like an old, uh, it, it doesn't sound like an old, like, basset hound or something. It sounds like, like when a, when a, like a pug or a chihuahua gets old and their voice just gets real raspy. <laughs> anyway, he sucks. Fuck we're not even doing that album today, which is we're not, great. Yeah, we're, we're talking about uh, we're talking about American football. Oh, we're, I thought we were doing Emory. Are we doing Emory? Are we talking American football? I just, either way, I could talk about either one. I just listened to the Emory album again. I did okay, work for we this one. About, we could talk about that's well. We'll talk about Emory. We'll talk about Emory's "The Question," which is one of my favorite post-hardcore albums of all time. And a new um, one for me, and I love it because it sounds like everything else we like, which I feel like is going <laughs> to happen sometimes on this show. Um, yeah, this, uh, the first album that they released, um, which is called <sighs> The Week's End, I want to say, is that the first the album? The Week's End um, and Week is spelled like a week, uh, person. Yes. Uh, and, uh, it's, um, I first heard that album and, like, the, the first album starts off, like, this like sort of just driving guitar and it's super loud and like when I first time I heard it I was just like ah, like it kind of shocked me with like how intense it was. Um, this came out in two thousand four, so that was that was my uh, that was my sophomore year of high school. Um, <laughs> it would be, so, the album like, was also recorded at Black Lodge Studio in Eudora, Kansas, which is I'm pretty sure the studio where. Uh, Murder by Death does all their recording still. Huh. Um, but yeah, and like, and I heard this out, and like, my, my brother played it, and it was just like, and like, I had heard like hardcore, like I had, um, I had heard stuff, like I had been into music like this because of my brother, but like, this is the first one where it was just, it just kind of like hit me in the chest. Um, and then the second one came out, and I didn't like it as much at first but like the older i've gotten and the more i've listened to it i do like the question more than i'd like the first one but this was your first 
exposure to them. Yeah, which I I, I, I really appreciate that thing that happens where a band does an album and you don't appreciate it until much later in life. Mm-hmm. I mean, that I, I feel like that is, I, I got to do the fast track version of that uh, in high school with every Radiohead album. Uh-huh. Because, like, this thing, this is they don't even have guitars anymore. What do I care? And, like, four months later, you're like, I get it. I get Kid A now, I think. And then <laughs> ten years later, you're like, I, I, I still don't get Kid A, actually. I never, I never did. <laughs> I, I, I feel like I, I wish I'd been into Weezer in the right way to have that weird sophomore album thing hit me uh, instead of just finding Pinkerton on my own years later and being like, this is a good album. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I had, I found Weezer, <laughs> the way I found Weezer, have I told this before to you? No. Uh, when we got our first, co- well, not our first computer, but like a uh, compu- Windows computer, uh, the Windows 95 disc had the video for Buddy Holly on it, <laughs> and that was my that was my first exposure to uh, to Weezer, and so I heard like I heard the that was like the only song I knew for years. Then I heard the Blue album, but I heard like the Blue album and Pinkerton like pretty much like right next to each other, and I always liked Pinkerton more. Uh-huh. Um, so I like I didn't I didn't have that either, um, but. Emery, I've seen them play. Emery was actually my first like not Christian concert and not Warp Tour show. Uh, I saw them open for the honorary title and from uh, from Autumn to Ashes in two, uh, it was two thousand four. Yeah, it was two thousand four, and uh, I've seen them many times after that. And they always put on a good show. I saw them. I saw them at the in two thousand six for the Nintendo Fusion Tour, <laughs> which they played with plain white tees and somebody else. This is this is plain white tees uh, right after I really 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 don't like you, but before Hey There Delilah became a single. Oh wow! I didn't know that that period of time existed. It was very it was very short. Um, but I, cause I, and I know this because at the show, there was a very drunk man behind me, uh, when playing white tees was playing, he was just like, play Delilah, <laughs> play Delilah, like yelling this at the, like drunk, belligerent, just yelling this at the band. I like that the kind of fuckhead that's really into that song would also be like there for that the sort of song <laughs> written by that kind of fuckhead. Uh, yeah. And like yeah, you know, we talked about this song before, and like it just gives it such a weird. Uh, ew. The the fact that it's about a girl that he was like uh, hitting on at a gym, which I think is like one of the lowest like forms of like weirdo right. street harassment. Like there's like construction worker, and just above that is just like somebody trying to do their cardio that day, and you're standing right. in front of the water machine, being like, "I'm going to write a song about you." Like that's so much creepier. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um it's when I, I haven't been to the gym in a while, but like being in a gym, <laughs> being in a gym and like everyone has on headphones. Uh and I've like I've run into people that I've that I that I know in the gym. Like uh-huh. I talked to them there, but I would never ever 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 in my life go up to a stranger and be like, "Hey, you come do you go to the gym often?" What? I also go to gym. I What's your out. sign? 
What's your I leg day? <laughs> I work out good here. We could we could do a workout together. Hey, you want to go get a protein shake after this? <laughs> this is my new favorite character. <laughs> uh, it's it's called Fit Terrence. And Fit Terrence, Fit Terrence is no more fit. He he just goes to the gym more, like just time wise. <laughs> Just to hit on babes, but you um, you've also in, entered into a into a thing here, which is my first question right out of the gate. You said this is sort of your first non Christian concert, and is is it is it for this tooth and nail record band that has very Christian influence well, <laughs> and has a side project that's just about recording praise music? Is it Terrence? Well, in my defense, from Omni the Ashes was the headliner. <laughs> okay, and and from Omni Ashes is not a Christian band. Um, but what I do like about Emory is that they do have Christian influence lyrics, but it like, it was like this, them and under oath and, uh, band like Craig's brother and other band, like other bands like that kind of like, it wasn't, it wasn't praise music. Like it wasn't like church music. It sure. was, uh, it just like, there was, it, it kind of led me away from like, man, a lot of Christian bands really suck. Uh, like it was like the only bands that you had outside of outside of this that were played on the radio like growing up in a church like you had like DC Talk and uh I'm not going to listen to Jesus Freak after I'm out of 5th grade so look it's a flawless recording <laughs> what would people do if they knew that I'm a Jesus Freak it has um, a three guitar solo and five part harmony it's it's as close as Christian rock got to having their own Beatles. It's fine. <laughs> uh, they suck so much. Um, <laughs> the Colored People uh, is a song about how there's a black guy in the band and they don't know how to was, deal with it in a sensitive way. I was way. just about to bring up that song, but I couldn't remember what it was called. I, I still think, like, from a production standpoint and a musical standpoint, I still think that that's just, like, a flawless album. But, like, mm-hmm. every couple of years I revisit it and, and things like having a song where a white dude keeps crooning the colored people and it's about our <laughs> sin, but also with at the mark of, of Cain is, is why black people are black. Like, don't, don't do anything that you're doing. Get away from, from whatever song you were trying to write here. It's just such a disaster. Yeah. So um, this, this is to tie back into this, which is that uh, Emery seems to be doing a thing which, and and I, I'm sure it won't be the last time I'll, I'll reference it on this show, but when Creed tried to announce that they weren't Christian, mm-hmm. uh, they're around album two, once they'd already gone double platinum, uh, they were trying to insist, uh, especially in like their VH1 behind the music, that uh, Scott Stapp uh, had been raised in the church by this uh, abusive minister dad, uh, and so the, he wrote these lyrics sounding Christian because that was the only way he knew music to exist. And so everything was this sort of Christian influenced uh, imagery and, and wordplay because that's all he'd ever known, but that they weren't technically Christian, which I still think is a bullshit. It's them getting out of the thing. But then I see something like Emery here where like I was, I, I, I spent, I did a couple of playthroughs of this album so that this wouldn't be another one of the, mm-hmm. well, I haven't heard this before. I have nothing to bring to the table. There's so many songs on this album that use like, I'm going to pray about this or I'm going to do a thing, but it still strikes that tone of like, 
this isn't a Christian song, I don't yeah. think. And I think that I, I fully believe that these guys were three church dudes who came up and, and did have just this, this is their language of a thing. Right. Uh, and, and they, they get it. This album is so complicated and weird. And I, I made a terrible mistake while listening the first time. I thought that uh, I was listening to uh, the song, listening to Freddie Mercury. <laughs> but I was actually listening to the song after it, The Weakest, and The Weakest is about inadvertently spreading a disease. Mm-hmm. And I was like, are they doing an anti-AIDS Freddie Mercury <laughs> song right now? What the fuck did Terrence tell me is his favorite album? And then I was like, oh, these are, these are two separate ideas. I feel bad that they were placed there. Uh, yeah, this is this is such a cool album that does like this thrice Thursday sort of thing. I, yeah. I do have to tell you right off the bat, I think the guy's scream is pretty funny. <laughs> you think it's funny? I think it's the scream of somebody who's like, we got to have somebody scream in the band. And all three guys just tried to give it a, a shot. Cause like at the end of like the scream itself is a pretty good, like emo scream, but sometimes yeah. at the, at the tail end of it, you hear him just go, ah, it kind of like, peter out. Yeah. Just sort of peter out. I was like, yeah, um, you, you, you guys just knew you wanted to put a scream in there, but you didn't have anyone capable of pulling it <laughs> off yet. Uh, so the album is called uh, "The Question," and each title is is uh, the last half of the question. And the question is, "Where were you when I was? Where were you when I was? So where were you when I was so cold I could see my breath? Or were you when I was listening to Freddie Mercury?" Oh my um, god, that's so yeah. cool! Yeah, and that, that's the that's the whole album. Um, and I also wanted to bring up you're talking about them being Christian guys. Uh, they have a whole website called Bad Christian, and, and, they have like and a an podcast. app associated with it too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, um, which I thought was which was really neat. Um, like because because it was one of those things that I kind of struggled with of like like growing up in the church, you're kind of taught not to accept people in a certain way, right? And like as you get older, you're just like, this is dumb. Like I don't <laughs> like it. This. This isn't the. This isn't what I thought Christianity was, and so like you like, like this album and this whole band like, kind of cemented. Oh, I was like, oh, there's other people out there like me that still have some sort of faith, but aren't uh, assholes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. As, as soon as Christianity takes that turn, that's like you're supposed to sever non-believers from your life. It's especially once you like start like getting into like reading about Scientology and stuff and seeing that same sort of technique used, you're like, right. well, I can see it's bad here. Why did I not think that that was bad growing up? Right. Yeah. Um, and like, there's a, there's a, the song in here, actually listening to Freddie Mercury, uh, the last, like the last line in the song, he says, uh, what does he say? We are all uh, the same people with sinning hearts that make us equal. Um, and it, like that just goes to the whole thing of just like why, if we all believe that sin is the same, then why is it any different? When the, like I don't know, it's just all very frustrating. Yes, and and, it, very and it's school. frustrating to imagine what it would have been like to listen to this when it came out and to be like, these are actually uh, people with a with a sense of faith about them trying to to be open about it, but like. At this point, when this album came out, I'd reached a point where if somebody mentioned faith, I would just shut the fuck down 
so this person trying to bridge the gap would have been actually just as divisive as if they'd been jars of clay. It's <laughs> uh, jars of clay. Um, the other Beatles of Christian rock. <laughs> <laughs> um, what I really like about this band is that the the guys singing are really good singers. They're incredible singers. The harmonies like, are great, and especially like the second half of the album, there's just some of these yeah. songs where they're putting like basically like doo-wop harmonies behind right. hardcore. And I was like, right. "This is Terrence, you get me. This is an album for me. <laughs> I really liked this." Uh, yeah, they like it, and it, this was the first one where I was like, where like they. I wouldn't say like they're bad like any of the albums we covered beforehand like the guys don't know how to sing but the guys singing in Emory are just so like I don't know almost classically trained or something it, it it's really there like in in the very first song in so cold I could see my breath there's that uh that key change about a minute in and I was like okay I just know what what level of musicianship we're at now <laughs> right um and it kind of uh it gets better as they go along. Uh, the the I won't, I won't say their last. I didn't listen. I haven't listened to their last album, but um, they had an album called. Uh, hold on, fuck. Uh, Genius, you are not helping me. Um, we do what we, we do what we want. Um, it was an album that came out in 2011. It's probably their hardest album they've made. If if you were to um, if you were to tell me that there was a fake emo album. And you were to use that name, I would believe it every time. I, w- I will believe that there are eighteen bands that have that as an album title. <laughs> um, uh, and it's probably their hardest album, but still, like, there's still such a something special about the way that they do, like, their whole. There's a harmonic, yeah. That's that's basically the word I would go for. Like you said, there's there's they do their harmonies, but even their music is like it's not. It's it. I don't know. Like it kind of ruins other post-hardcore for me from this era. Like when we talked about Silverstein before uh-huh. and bands like that, like Silverstein or or like uh, or like Census Fail, what uh, uh, whoever else came out of that era, they didn't they didn't have the same sort of uh, staying power or even. Do you get what I'm trying to say? Uh, like, I do not, and it's really throwing me for a loop here. Like, it de- like, there's something about Emery's instrumentation that doesn't sound really like anybody else's. Like, their post-hardcoreness isn't. Like, I don't know how to. Explain I feel like it, I feel like I'm hearing you turn into a corn cob right now. <laughs> This, I'm not owned. It is. Um, it is. It is super frustrating to to have a concept, especially about music, and not be able to articulate it. Right. Um, I, I know. I know the sound you're making. I've made it before. <laughs> well, like the, one of the guys, I, I believe it's Toby. Uh, he went on. He left Emory for a little while, and he started his own R and B side project. Um, which makes a lot of sense with how they sing and everything. Uh, I can I can hear that. Yeah, um, I never listened. I listened to like one or two songs when it came out. This is back. This is like MySpace days, so this was quite some time ago. And, th- and this also um, makes more sense to me than uh, than like the jump that the glass jaw guy made from that to Head Automatica, which was basically R and B when it was made. I don't know if you ever do you do you like Head Automatica? 
I heard maybe one head head automatica song in my life, <laughs> and I like I I remember because it was like a, a video that played on MTV, and I remember not liking it. But I don't. I remember. Didn't they also change lead singers at some point? Uh, or was that not? Well, it's. Or, it, or am I thinking of a different band? I think it must be a different band. But the the thing that I found about them was like a, the Glassjaw guy had. Uh, and started this solo project and I, I had the original demo for the band and it was mm. uh, just him singing these songs over beats done by Dan the Automator. Mm-hmm. And this was like right after Gorillaz hit. So they were like, we've got like another thing here, but it was just R&B. Uh, and then the Head Automatic uh, official album came out and they just took those tracks and replaced all of Dan the Automator's stuff uh, with a full band behind him, like playing mm-hmm. guitars and stuff and like mm-hmm. and screaming, but it was still the exact same vocal tracks, which blew my mind at the time. I was like, how do you take like this electro R&B thing and then just turn it into a band? And it worked just as well, if not better. Uh, but like, I can also see like that this group with how they approach their, their musicianship, that transition into R&B also makes just as much sense. Like, oh, we just took your distortion pedal away. And uh, got rid of the guitar. It's it's there. It's it's already there. It's fine. I'm sorry. I got distracted by something, but I understood. You said something again, and I just fell down a hole. Uh, we, like we should I, just I, call I, this I, podcast Spelunker. Spelunky. <laughs> like, it's... Wiki, well, because you, Wiki, you said... I went to go look up Head Automatica, and then, like, oh, uh, uh, Dan the Automator. I was like, I, I've listened to... Like, I really like the Gorillas. Uh, then I clicked, and, like, it was just like... Um, it was like he is currently part of Got a Girl, along with actress Mary Elizabeth Winstead. And I was like, what? Do what now? <laughs> He's apparently in a band with Mary Elizabeth Winstead. Sorry, cancel everything we were going to say here or do today. <laughs> we're just going to listen to this EP on the air. Uh, see, they had one album come out in 2014. Good. I wonder if it's any good. I wonder if they the recorded listen- it on the set of The Thing prequel. <laughs> I I forgot that movie existed. She's great in that. <laughs> uh, I was just talking to a friend about uh, about uh, Scott Pilgrim, and she's uh, excellent in that movie. Need to watch it again. Anyway, um, so there's I, I, I like so much of the second half of this album, which is the is second a, half of this album is a rare thing because it's it's very different. Like the first half is is a lot of rock, yeah, uh, and it does. It does this thing, and uh, my my big tweak uh, comes around uh, in between Fourth and Second Street because uh, this song just has this this uh, this arrangement that's it's it's all this clean guitar work uh, mm-hmm. and all these cool little harmonics and stuff, and then the chorus on it, uh, the, or I guess probably the pre-chorus, is just them fucking slogging out this one chord repeatedly. That's just this brutal. They don't bother changing it to other chords. It's just this one thing. And then it goes into this very gospel-sounding sort of chorus that mm-hmm. just sort of soars, and then it's back into this punk pop uh, post-math uh, rock sort of verse structure again. And I was like, this is like three different bands, and that this is what I love. I, essentially what I'm looking for in post-punk is just that everyone be doing their own version of Happiness is a Warm God. Just throw <laughs> Paranoid Android a couple of songs together and just do whatever you want. I don't want it to make sense. And and and, and between this and Terrible Secret and, and through the rest of the album, 
like this also sort of hits that one of those points where these couple of songs have no breaks between them so they all Mm -hmm. sort of sound like the same song and especially moving from like uh lose lose into win win i was like this is a one-two punch of things yeah that's uh that's how everything flows into each other is kind of amazing like it's almost it's almost like a concept album sort of ish um i mean i guess it would technically be seeing how it's the how the the, the, the titling thing you yeah, yeah you broke my brain kind of with push, that. like i don't think i don't think it's i don't think it's all one story but everything does feel like a story yeah um and that's what I, that's one of the things that i feel like separates them from their other contemporaries is that these songs feel like someone telling a story in, instead of someone like have like talking to you like i feel like a lot of uh post-hardcore and like emo songs or like pop pop punk definitely it feels like a guy like you've been cornered at a party by a guy and he's telling you a story about something like it's still telling you a story about a girl or something like that that's a really good summary of what this sounds like <laughs> and and so but like emory's like their their whole production of like these harmonies and like how everything like flows into each other like it feels like you could almost see the set pieces in your head of what's happening like it's almost like a movie soundtrack um yeah but the the, the narrative exists very clearly (laughs) yeah um and the there's definitely a line in uh in a win-win situation uh where I think it, got, it just like when he says uh, in a win-win situation is basically it's like basically about being alone and being away from someone or like being being in a relationship kind of uh, and he says there's nothing at all not volume or slow songs to relax my view just you maybe your new perfume and like that if that doesn't kind of describe like being in a relationship while also being extremely depressed uh i don't know what does <laughs> like being unmed being unmedicated and the only thing that you that could possibly help you is uh somebody else i guess like <laughs> yeah i don't know this album i'd love this album like i i want everyone to listen to it because like even if you don't like post hardcore like there's also very poppy tunes to this like it's not it it doesn't get weighed down in its own hardcoreness like i'm definitely going to put the um the emphasis on the hard in there uh it's it's and it's it's not a long album it's not super long it it's it's 40 minutes flat <laughs> uh it's i don't know they did they have an extended version of this album um but it's uh it's some acoustic stuff from their last album and like uh I'll have to send you that because I don't think it's on Spotify or anything. I, I could um, not find it, but also in looking at that list, none of those song titles match up with the "Where Were You When I." Thing. Yeah, there. <laughs> where, where were you when I? The ponytail parades is not a song. It's yeah, not a song. Uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. Playing with fire is uh, off this album, and then ponytail parades and walls are dropping up. Shit! Um, Did you just break glass? <laughs> no, it was it was Samson's uh, dog tag? I was messing around. Oh, with I was worried you hurt your glass jaw. No, <laughs> shut up! You shut up! You go to jail. <laughs> you go! You go all! You go to every jail. The, the wife knows that me. we're doing a good podcast. She can tell. 
my my dog's sitting behind me, like pouting right now. Yeah, I wish you could see him. So, <laughs> oh, I can. Uh, the, I can hear the disappointment. I have to. I have to text you a picture of him. Um, but uh, the uh, walls and Pulling Temple Reds are from the first album, and then Fractions and Thought Life are uh, demos. Okay. For actually, not Fractions, but Thought Life is a demo of a song that is they later did for I think the fourth album. Um, and like, even like I, I've found like their early stuff, like before, before, um, before the week's end and it's not like, it's rough, but they're still, Emory is still there. Like there's still like the harmonies and like the instrumentation. It's just not the best recording. Cause this is probably like 2000, 1999 or something like that. Um, and like all of their, all of their stuff, like I can't say that uh that i don't there's there's not one album of theirs where i'm just like no that's bad like i think all of their stuff is good good um i would definitely i would definitely check out uh i would say listen to them back to back just so you can like it kind of increases like it gets it i wouldn't say it gets better but it just like it kind of it sounds like they get more and more of a foothold of what they're doing as they go on um and shallow and uh, and shallow seas we sail is like the last one. <laughs> there is just kids screaming. Um, For a second, I thought it was your dog. I was like, "What no. are you doing?" No, and my nieces are doing whatever. Um, That's totally fine. I still take your music music criticism as a valid thing. <laughs> they just they are just yelling about whatever. Uh, but in shallow in uh, in shallow seas we sail is. Uh, is sort of I feel like this is the ultimate culmination of of this sound that they did. Like it feels like a continuation of of this album of the question. While uh, I'm only a man, is kind of, it kind of feels like a detour almost. Uh, it still has the same sort of feeling, but there's just slight like it's more poppy in ways. Um, and they like do some electronic stuff in there that's nice. Um, but in Shallow Seas We Sail is definitely, I would say, one of, like, might be the best one. Um, there's some real good harmonics in that. Uh, and then after that is uh, We Do What We Want. And that one, that one starts off, like, it's a, that We Do What We Want is almost like a continuation of The Week's End, where it, where it comes in real hard. And it's actually their hardest album. Huh. Um, but it's good. I like it a whole lot. Uh, I've met I've met some of the guys when I've been to shows and they were always super nice, um, which was good because uh, sometimes you meet bands and they're not nice or especially like Christian guys like Christian <laughs> white guys. I grew up around them and just because they grew up in a church doesn't mean they're nice people. <laughs> um, did you now how how long did you go to church like? Uh, uh, up until college. Okay. I, I saw it through. <laughs> yeah, I was, uh, I was probably 24, something like that, uh-huh. uh, before I, well, I left my parents' church when I was, like, 29. The only reason I haven't gone is just working at Starbucks makes me tired all the time. <laughs> so you still have faith? Yeah, to an extent. Um, like... Do you have a, do you have a term for your faith? Uh, like I, I would just go with what every like bad Christian is probably. 
just like at least like in the in the terms of american christianity with how like they're obsessed with america right and uh and like i guess not uh not being loving or anything like that uh um what is happening outside my door I just did the, the podcast Good Christian Fun, where I got into my uh, my Christian upbringings and my separation with that. So if anybody wants to go check out episode eight of that, that's uh, that's got my whole story, which is is fine. Y- yeah, there's there's also like uh, yeah, you, when you when you hit the point that uh, like my my wife was never raised religious. She's a much better person than I am, uh, <laughs> and nothing drives her up a fucking wall like when people like. Well, you have to actually be religious to be a good person. She's like, I, I keep being a good person uh, without needing uh, a guidebook or the threat yeah. of hell uh, or, or a set of rules. Right. Like, I've always just done this. Doesn't that mean that I'm better because I didn't need those things? Like, why is it? Why, why should it be? Uh, like, and, and that is to acknowledge that some people do need that sort of thing. And it's not the worst way. Like, I, I, I do appreciate when people like, uh, we have we have a mutual friend that I'll, I'll say their name after the podcast, but like uh, him and his wife have a kid, uh, and uh, he is not religious at all, and she is very religious, and they are mm-hmm. at least raising the ch- the kid uh, in the church because it's not the worst thing to raise somebody in the ideas of like maybe be nice, uh, right. and then you can pull the 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 Report. fucking the the ripcord, or you can pull away the safety net at the bottom and be like. You know what? What if there's no threat of fire, right? Uh, and you can just keep doing those same things. Do you think you're capable right. of that? <laughs> you just keep that's and that's kind of like my my whole deal is just like it, it just be a be a decent person. Like it's but not I, hard. But I also still do go to church. Like I go. My dad plays. My dad runs a praise band. Like I go whenever I'm home. Like mm-hmm. it's it. I, I still sit through church and I still watch a lot of things happen. I, uh, I, I, two, three years ago on a Christmas Eve service, I saw the greatest thing I'll ever see. And I tried to make it into a stand-up bit and it just, it, no one cares as much as I care. <laughs> but during, during the Christmas Eve service at a, at a Methodist church where like, you know, it's double the number of people cause everyone just comes out for the major holidays. Uh-huh. Uh, the, the minister got up there and he was like, so I was watching the movie Independence Day. And then he explained the plot of the movie Independence Day with Jeff Goldblum. This is like two, three years ago. This isn't like when Independence Day came out. Uh, And he was like, so I found uh, a flaw in the plot. And I'm just sitting here alone in this church looking at no one going, does anyone else fucking see this? Am I having a heart attack? Did my brain just die? Did my brainstem disconnect? And this is the last Mad Men-esque sequence I'm seeing. Uh, And he's like, so I found one plot hole in that film. And it's that Jeff Goldblum plugs that computer into the alien ship and uploads the virus. But how was he going to get that MacBook to connect to the alien? And I'm, again, just looking around like, is everyone dying? <laughs> is there a gas leak? What is happening? And, that... he, and the minister goes, so that plot gap made me actually consider the Jesus birth story. And I think I found a plot hole. And I'm just sitting here being like... This guy, after being in the church his entire life, now in his 60s, has just pulled the first thread of a sweater of, like, disbelief. Uh And it's somewhere in the Jesus birth story. And I'm like, what's it going to be? And he's like, well, the the shepherds see the star in the the sky, and they go to follow the star to, to find the baby Jesus. And then he pauses, 
and does the biggest like I've Sherlocked this grin I've ever seen. And he uh-huh. goes, but who was watching the sheep? This is his this is his <laughs> one plot hole in the whole story about a virgin birth <laughs> and a magical star and kings bringing Frank like the whole fucking thing. But this is his first one. But now, like, every year, it's very important to me to go to his sermon because I'm like, next year, he's going to have, like, two problems. Like, he's slowly going to pull <laughs> at the thread on the sweater. And each year, no, he's no. like, you know what? There's actually three problems I have now. And it reminds me of the movie Independence Day 2. <laughs> and I'll just be like, did, this is for me. Where did they get, where did they get all the gold from? <laughs> uh, that's one of the things about, like going to a church is that the pastor can start off like telling a story and it can be the most ludicrous thing you've ever heard. And like, everyone will just be sitting in the audience like, yeah, uh uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah. And you're just sitting there like, am I, did I have a stroke somewhere? Is this, is this what's happening right now? (laughs) Here's, here's my favorite one. Did you grow up in a church or do you continue to attend a church that has uh, video screens? Um, I, the one that I grew up with and did not until way after I left. Gotcha. Because it, it changes things. I, I grew up in this church and it didn't have video screens. And now we'll go some weeks and he's like, uh, we're actually going to watch several clips from the baseball film 42. Uh, <laughs> or we're going to watch something from How the Grinch Stole Christmas. Or we're going to watch, like, my, my favorites, especially around the holidays, are when, like, they just buff out the time by showing, like, produced for church films about the birth of Jesus that are just these like 10 minute long, definitely shot on a soundstage in Burbank. Like everyone is, is, is speaking another language, but they're very clearly just making up sounds. (laughs) Uh, yeah, those, uh, those produced for, for church videos are something else. Uh, did you grow up watching stuff like McGee and Me? Oh, and, absolutely! Uh, yeah, yeah, super, super book the 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 Bible anime. <laughs> <laughs> uh. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure. I, I knew was. you were about to Google. <laughs> I'm pretty sure Superbook was made in Japan because it it has that very like 1980s. Uh, yep, additionally produced by Tatsunoku Productions in Japan. Uh, and they brought back Superbook, and it's like American CGI now. Uh huh. But uh, but yeah, Superbook definitely, most definitely, used to be an anime. McGee and Me uh, should have been an anime. <laughs> I wonder how many how many McGee and Me's did they make? Uh, uh, because anytime anytime anyone says Mac and Me, like my brain is just like not McGee and Me. <laughs> Uh, McGee and me, for no people that don't know, uh, is a, is a kid that has an animated friend, McGee. Yeah, uh, and, and it's made by uh, Focus on the Family, uh, who uh, I believe have been uh, as of late uh, labeled as an actual hate group. They're out of Colorado, fucking, uh, but they produced a lot of these things. the The Wikipedia page, uh, the first paragraph ends uh, with McGee and me deals with issues such as honesty, episode the big lie, bullying skate expectations and faith in god twister and shout which i believe skate... twister and shout is the one that i remember most of all because he's about he's about to die in a tornado and ask god to save him and then god does uh if skate expectations isn't like a ska album i'm gonna be very upset uh, when the lord saw the cross on the ground he said pick it up pick it up pick it up <laughs> 
Um, did you ever watch the Buttercream Gang? Yes. Wow, this is oh, this is our this is our worst episode. <laughs> yeah, this is well, this is just for yeah, this is for anyone who grew up in a church. Um, I just remember we would have like a ice cream social every year. Oh no! And like, I swear, for like three years in a row, they showed the Buttercream Gang, and even as a kid, I was just like, I hate this movie. I think they made a sequel to it. To, to to their credit, a lot of these things like McGee and Me were produced uh, and feel uh, inseparable from actual like uh, children's entertainment. Mm-hmm. Like to like McGee and Me itself, like uh, is uh, it's it's just a kid learning a lesson about stuff, and there's no difference between that and anything else that was on Nickelodeon at the right. time. Yeah, and I don't remember him ever specifically being like, "Well, you know, in Second Corinthians, that's where we learned the lesson." <laughs> that was that was even as a kid, like when they would do stuff like that, like it would uh, it it always felt way out of place. Like even like it just like this uh, little Tommy grew up in a church and now he's twelve years old and, and like his friends will he'll be hanging out with his friends like, "Hey, you want to go play uh, basketball at uh, at Tom's house?" And Tom would be like, oh, you can come to my house, but there's, but Jesus said in Psalm 35. Okay, I got to take it back. My new favorite character of yours is uh, Christian Terrence, who is, you are actually Christian, so this is a weird character to have on top of it. Here's the real question. Did you do any uh, Christian hell houses? No, 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 no. There's a great documentary called Hell House on Amazon where you can catch some of them. But I just remember uh, going to haunted houses as a kid and being surprised when it turned out that they were about churches. And my favorite one <laughs> was that uh, there was a, uh, a tableau, uh, mm-hmm. to use the, the theatrical term. Uh, and uh, yes, it's very fancy. Um, and uh, some teens had died in a drunk driving accident. And mm-hmm. the driver of the car tells the goddamn devil, but I'm a minister's kid. I should get to heaven. And the devil just laughs and says, I love to eat ministers' kids the most. And I was like, wait, does the devil eat the... I was like, there's, there's a lot of technical... Thing. <laughs> and, and that's when I learned what vor is. Uh, so. uh, did you know any ministers' kids growing up? Y- yes, dated, da- dated ministers' like- daughters as well. That's its, its own... <laughs> separate podcast i think weren't they always the worst kids yes well yeah because they got they've got a golden ticket or a murder they were (laughs) they were always the worst kids yeah well we we, i could probably talk about just like christian entertainment for I'd, like uh, an entire month. I did a college humor uh, roundtable show uh, that's coming out next month uh, mm-hmm. where the topic of our show was like, what would you do with your last day? And mm-hmm. uh, it stirred such a thing in me where I was like, okay, so the thing I always hated growing up was that uh, those kids especially uh, and a lot of kids around them uh, and then by the nature of me being in a small town in Kansas, basically everyone uh, had this idea that uh, – so long as you ask for forgiveness, like right before you die, everything is forgiven, no matter what it is. And as long as you're just constantly asking for forgiveness, like you never have to learn anything or change anything. Right. And I was like, I really do want to, like, if I have 24 hours left to live, I want to knock off everything that's bad in the commandments 
and then ask for forgiveness right at the last second just to prove <laughs> that it doesn't work by me then going to hell. And people are like, how do you prove that you're going to hell? I was like, I'm going to hunt a lot of people. Like, you have to see my <laughs> list. But, like, I, just, like, that sort of thing. Uh, yeah. Uh. Just, uh, the, there's, there's so many things that can slowly drive you away from Christianity, and then there are things that can do it in, in bigger ways. And, and then there is... I, I've made so much more peace with it in my 30s because in your 20s you're like, burn down all the churches. Uh, the moment the moment you go off to college and meet a Buddhist and a Jewish person for the first time, and you're like, okay, everything was wrong and I was wrong. Uh, and and now I see the the good that can be done, but like, right. boy, does it make me triple down on the hypocrisy of people that are just oh, fucking man. it up. And then there's there's the there's the quiet hypocrisy of just like the people that come every week to like eat, for example, my, my family's church that they're in, uh, is considered for our small Kansas town, the most progressive church. Uh, uh-huh. but they keep having these sort of like blind votes as to whether or not they should, uh, do gay weddings. Uh, at every time, like it comes back 80% of people with, you know, no accountability or names assigned 80% of the people are like, no, we don't want to do that. And there are gay people in this church who play in the praise band and stuff. And to watch, uh-huh. and to, I've been there a couple of times when this has happened. And you watch them say like, "Well, not this year." Uh, and then the band has to play, and you see the the organist uh, look to his husband and just look crestfallen, and still have to play a praise song about how great Jesus is. And those are those sort of things. That you're like, even even amongst just... people that think that they're like the most loving people on earth, there's so much. Yeah, fucking like disconnect, and and, right. and and that is that ties back into what we're talking about here with the music. Like, it is so complicated to watch rock bands also love Jesus, but also like this. I, I think that Emory exemplifies the hardest thing to do, which is to be like, we're not proselytizing right now. We just right. want to acknowledge that like our faith can be complicated, and that like uh, we shouldn't ostracize people that aren't right. of our specific like if if you're a grape juice person versus a wine person we shouldn't kill each other like this shouldn't be this hard <laughs> right uh and th- like what you just said we're not proselytizing is like the, i feel like the best thing you could do as uh, for christian music because a lot of it is so i don't like it's just like like i feel like none of any contemporary christian artist doesn't make music for themselves or they're not making music because like like the they they don't they have no theme to their music like every year like some new pop song comes out it's really huge and then every christian contemporary artist is just like oh we got to copy that we have to we have to make songs just like that to draw people people who don't who aren't christians into our into our christian fears christian sphere the christianosphere oh my god that's our new podcast So it's like, like so when I when I started, I said this earlier, but when I started hearing bands like this and Thrice and Me Without You and uh, and Under Oath, um, where it's just like, oh, these bands have some sort of message, but it's not. It's like they're it's coming from their own perspective instead of hey you can now play this for kids in their in the youth room when they come in <laughs> on Sunday nights. <laughs> 
What, what, what will people do when they find out you're a Jesus freak? Find out when they when you come into youth group on Sunday. I like Get that you've made this song into like a content online like tag. <laughs> Click to see more about what people might do. <laughs> this person found out he was a, this friend was a Jesus freak. You won't believe what happens next. Number seven will make you <laughs> repent. <laughs> Oh man! I, so I, I, I think I think maybe next week we should just go ahead and knock out MXPX and just get the rest of this out of our goddamn systems. <laughs> uh, okay, It'll probably I, have to be like slowly going away of the buffalo or something like that. Y- yes, that would be the one to do. <laughs> um, I mean, I like MXPX. I, I feel like they're the least offensive of the the pop punk, the pop punk bands. Like I feel. All right, I want to say this now. I feel like like a, a lot of pop punk is kind of gross. Uh, yeah. With their with their like we've talked about it before with like their 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 relationships with women and stuff like that. And I feel like MXPX uh, kind of sidesteps some of that. Um, I have firsthand knowledge that they do not. <laughs> oh well, <laughs> never mind then. Um, <laughs> I'm glad that I stopped you before you made a statement we couldn't take back. <laughs> Um, but musically, I would say their, their most popular songs don't, uh, I don't know. It doesn't matter. Oh, oh, sure. You're right about that. None none of this, none of this matters. (laughs) Yeah. We're doing a podcast. I know. This is none of, we're in a hard song for (laughs) pop punk and none of this matters. Christian pop punk living Warner Herzog is your new best character. (laughs) So yes, do I recommend this album? Yeah, this was a great list, and I listened to it a couple of times. I'm I really enjoyed it. Like it's, it's I, I I am absolutely taking you up on on the invitation to to listen to a couple of the other ones back to back. I'm excited Good. to hear that. Good. It won't take you that long. There's like they have like six albums, I think. Um, and then I'm sure you, I'll, I'll send you the other stuff. Um, anyway. Uh, do you have anything coming up that you would like to tell everyone about? Do you recommend people listen to this album? Oh, I've yes, definitely. I think they should immediately. Like after this out, after like go back in time before we uh, recorded this and listen <laughs> to it, and then get back to me. I love this album. Um, yeah, they, like Emery is in one of it, like in my top ten of bands ever. Favorite, favorite good bands. Good time bands, Band, oh, music. Oh god, music! It's good for you, <laughs> and you listen to it. I've been up for many hours. I don't sleep like a normal person. That's about. I mean, the I do sleep, but I get up. Before. I get up. I've been up since like five thirty, just because my sleep schedule is a nightmare. Um, but uh, I love you. you have... and I'm so proud of you. <laughs> Do you, do you have you said you had the college humor thing coming up do you have anything else that uh no one knows and nothing matters thank you for talking to me about this album <laughs> no one knows and nothing matters listen, <laughs> listen to the pop punk <laughs> we we just can't go beyond 40 minutes it falls uh, apart. no ed yeah this is I, we need to end this show my son is behind me just desperately looking for my attention yes sir he's just looking at me um 
Brock, where can we find you on Twitter? I'm on Twitter at Brock Wilbur. And I am on Twitter at the Black Nerd. I almost said my name, and that's not right. <laughs> Sometimes I will um, look up your name and I'll be like, no, no, no. It's about race. <laughs> that's a- <laughs> Uh yeah, um, <laughs> both of us together we we have a we have a Twitter together for the show at Coolest Kids Pod. I've been trying to post music there, just like hey, you should listen to this. People song. keep like, pointing out that like hey, look at the song you recommended today, and I'm like, I missed it because you actually don't you don't follow me from that account. I keep like I just I signed into it, and I was just like I should probably follow the both of us. <laughs> we should maybe be on there. <laughs> I should do. I I need to. Just because, I, like, when I think about it, I don't think, like, I have it on TweetDeck, and I have, like, three other accounts, and so when I get over to it, it's not on my screen. I'm just like, oh, yeah, it's over there. Cool. And then I don't, I'll, but I'll get to it. Don't you, don't you worry. I, I won't. You better not. I won't. Um, uh, yeah, I've got, I don't know, just check out those things. Uh, go to my, go to my uh, Twitter. I've got a new shirt for sale. Scared and horny, 20, 2017. 2017, not an election year. The best part of it. <laughs> uh, there's that uh, Virginia election that's coming up. Um, <laughs> and Virginia is for scared and horny lovers. Uh, <laughs> keep saying, uh, every time I see Ed Gillespie on TV, I'm just like, Ed Gillespie, fight me, you old bitch. Um, <laughs> oh, my God. I hate him so much. He has a commercial where he's like, he's like I want to keep the Confederate statues up because you don't erase history. And I'm like, I will kick your old balls into your mouth i hate them that will erase history though so (laughs) (laughs) the history of balls (laughs) um yeah i've got we i really we really cannot go past 40 minutes anymore (laughs) this is like i don't know how to do this shit uh uh, we are the coolest coolest kids and we take what we can get thank you for listening everyone goodbye